Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. The series verse says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it and was glad. And you are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. So good. Uh, and so for this last series, we've been, we've been speaking about not only what Jesus does, but really who Jesus is. And I think it's important to hear from Jesus' very own words who he is. And today we are in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bible, uh, would you be willing to go to John chapter 10? Or maybe if you have your other Bible, you can turn it on and scroll down. Uh, or you can look at these ginormous screens here. John chapter 10, we're going to be reading from uh, verse 10 through verse 18. And it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give you life in all its fullness. Uh, that, that's worth the shout right there. In verse 11 it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man will run when he sees a wolf coming and will leave the sheep for they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf leaps on them and scatters the flock. The hired man runs because he is hired and has no reason, no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my own sheep and they know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too in another fold, and I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may have it back again. No one can kill me without my consent. I lay down my life voluntarily. For I have the right and power to lay it down when I want to, and also the right and power to take it again. For the Father has given me this right. <clears throat> I want to go to uh, Psalms chapter 23. We're going to just leapfrog real quick back to the Old Testament. I want to go kind of cross-reference this in Psalms chapter 23. You guys may know this already. Maybe you learned this in Sunday school. But if you know this scripture, would you read it along with me? Let's read it together. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name is sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
Here it goes. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can we give God some praise? Come on. Hey, I want to encourage you, even in the midst of this heat, I want to encourage you that this is, we like to say, this is an alive church. Do we got a live church in the house? And what that means is that, uh, I, I tell this all the time, that when the preacher preaches, there are three things that we love to hear. I know preachers won't admit to this, but I'm going to be transparent. That means I'm going to give you the goods right here. Three things we love to hear. You know what's the first thing? Number one, amen. Someone shout amen. amen. The other one is, go ahead, preacher, go ahead, preacher. And this is our favorite. You ready? We in the right church. We came to the right church. I said, what's the third one? Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for these precious moments that we get to share your word. God, help me preach this two-hour sermon in 30 minutes. We're so grateful for you, God. We thank you that you, in this heat, are providing us some fresh air. And so we pray, Lord, that this word may be much more than information being disseminated, but it may be a word that transforms our hearts. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people shout amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Just one more time. Can we give God some praise in this house, all over this room? Uh, so today we are, we are in John chapter 10. And in John, in John chapter 10, there's actually two I am statements. One of them is, I am the gate. How many were able to hear last week's message, I am the gate by Ruben Remedios, second best looking guy in this church, and um, preached a powerful, powerful word. And if you missed that, you can go to our, uh, uh, our podcast and you can listen to it yourself, but powerful word. But the other statement that he makes is, I am the good shepherd. Now, in this text, in John chapter 10, he actually introduces a few characters. He introduces the good shepherd. How many know who the good shepherd is? The good shepherd is who? Jesus. Say that with me. Jesus. Now, now he also introduces this character, the thief. Someone shout the thief. <clears throat> now, the thief uh, oftentimes may be a representative or a representation of the devil. It also can make, uh, it can be the, the, the tools of Satan that are used by the thief. And so we have that character. But then we have another character in the story, and it's the sheep. Now, I don't know if you know anything about sheep, but I became a sheepologist in the last few weeks as I prepared this message. And one thing that it is a all across the board opinion is that sheep are dumb. Now, if Jesus is the good shepherd and the thief is the devil, whoo, guess who's the sheep? Look at the person next to you, tell them you're sheep-like. Now, now, I want to ask this question. How many of you guys like sports? Six people. That's why this is not an athletic church. Six people like sports here. But how many of you guys like sports? Now, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I like sports, but, you know, sports fans sometimes get a little crazy, right? Because sports fans, I mean, uh, in America, 
sports is nothing greater than sports. In other countries, there's a lot of more important things. But in America, people will die over sports. I mean, we love our sports. Well, why? Because we can, uh, sports is entertainment. Sports on our day off, what do we do? We go to the park and we play sports for our analytical brains. We like the numbers and know how many shots LeBron James made and missed all at the same time and how he made it as an MVP. And we have all the analytical stats and, and we're, we like that. And uh, uh, it's also good exercise for us people that don't like going to the gym. You get to have fun. And since when was running on a treadmill fun? Not for me. <laughs> But I could play basketball and have fun. But, but for sports fans, I don't know if you know, but is this crazy or what? Sports fans will look at their TV screen and tell the person that does it for a living professionally what they did wrong. Like I look, yeah, because you know what? He, he missed the shot. What he should have done, he should have taken the left, he should have cut him over, and then he should have made the shot. Yeah, we give advice to the person that does it, here we, professionally for a living. I love when people come over my house and watch UFC, but they're, they're not mixed martial artists. Why can't he get out of that sleeper? All he has to do is go like this. Come here, let me put you in a sleeper real quick. Come here, come here, let me see you. Not you, Odie, I was just joking, not you. Sheesh, want to embarrass me in front of everybody. Uh, but you know what I love about sports teams is that uh, sports teams embrace their inner animal. You know what I mean? What I mean, because in sports teams, majority of the logos are animals. We got animals. Can I show you this picture? Now, I don't really know all these teams because I'm, I'm a mixed martial art kind of guy. Not that I, I'm good at it. I just like watching it. But we got the Toronto Blue Jays. Who doesn't want to be a Blue Jay? Nah, nobody here. We got the Cardinals. How about this? How about the Falcons? You be a, you could be a, uh, hot. I got 10% on my battery life. We got the Falcons. We got the Arizona in the F NFL. We got the Arizona Cardinals. In Seattle, we have the Seahawks. That sounds real, real powerful. We have the Baltimore Ravens. In the NBA, we got the, oh, wow, we got a fan here. Atlanta Hawks. Who doesn't want to be a Hawk? Oh! I don't even know if that was the sound. Uh, uh, oh, we also got sea creatures. We got the mariners. Don't, don't boo these teams. Is that New York didn't have any animal uh, logos. We got the Miami Dolphins. We don't like them. Um, <laughs> bro, you're in New York now. You need to repent, bro. Just God. And, and here's my favorite. We got land animals. We got the tigers. Do we got any tigers in the house? Anybody that wanted to be a tiger? Stay a human. Humans are better than tigers. We got the Buffalo Bills. We got the Carolina Panthers. We got the Detroit Lions. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got the classic, one of my favorite teams of all time, the Chicago Bulls. Come on. And we got that other team that has a dinosaur, the Raptors. And um, they're not even from this country, but we love them, Toronto Raptors. And... Um, you know what you don't see here? No one embracing their inner sheep. Because this is what happens when sheep want to do sports. No one wants to say yes. I've, you know, because you want to roar like a lion. 
You want to fly like an eagle. You want to swim like a dolphin or a shark. But no one wants to be a sheep. Why? Because sheep are dumb. And if that insults you, they're unintelligent. But here's the truth about, I mean, sheep, I, I, I kid you not, sheep are, they're unintelligent. They're dumb. Ask me, Pastor Rowe, how dumb are they? Sheep are so dumb that one of them got locked in a grocery store and they starved. Sheep are so dumb they went to visit Bianca at the dentist to fix their Bluetooth. Sheep are so dumb they thought Gluteus Maximus was a Roman emperor. Oh, these jokes are bad. Thank you for laughing because they're bad. See, sheep, I want to be honest, man, they're unintelligent animals. There are, sheep are so dumb, this is true, sheep are so dumb that they will eat all the pasture, they will eat all the plants, they're vegans, and they will eat it all up, and then they won't even be smart enough to go to other pastures to eat. They will actually begin to eat their own excrement or poop aka and they'll eat it until they fall over and die look at the person next to you tell me your sheep like this is an encouraging message isn't it <laughs> i don't know i walked out of here what was the message about i don't know i just feel like a sheep today but here's the truth uh we hear about a sheep but another character to the story is also a thief. And Jesus lays out the purpose of the thief because what he says is the thief has a purpose. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and I came to lay my life down for the sheep. He says, I love the sheep, no matter how bad the sheep are. I need to stop doing that because it's going to get corny in like 30 seconds. <clears throat> no matter how bad the sheep are, I love the sheep, but hear me, it doesn't mean that the thief doesn't have a purpose. Are you hearing me, church? That's a good time to say amen right there. And so the sheep, check this out. Jesus says, hey, there's a, there's a thief, and he has a purpose. And the purpose of the thief is to kill, steal, and destroy. What is the thief's purpose? To what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I wonder how you would live your life if you knew the thief's purpose. See, I wonder if you knew a thief was coming to your house tonight, how you would live. Some of you guys would be prepared. You would create makeshift nunchucks. Some of you guys will use that special meat knife and hide it under your bed. Some of you guys would bury, you would what? You would be prepared for the thief. Look at the person next to you, tell them the thief has a purpose. And here's my thought, because I can't live my life not realizing, hear me, that the thief does not have a purpose. It doesn't mean that the thief, it doesn't mean, he, most of the time we live our lives as if the thief only exists. But the thief has a purpose. And Jesus outlines the intention of the thief and he says, hey listen, there's a thief that's coming and he's coming to steal, he's coming to kill, and he's coming to destroy. He's not coming to sing kumbaya with you in the fireplace. He's coming to steal, kill, destroy. I made my mind 
up a long time ago that I know that though there is a good shepherd, there is a thief coming, and that's why I ain't got time to be dealing with some of the stuff that is presented in life. Listen, I ain't got time to be bitter because there is a thief that has a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. I ain't got time to gossip because there is a thief who has a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. I ain't got time not to come to church. Why? Because there is a thief who has a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. I ain't got time for that. There's a thief that has a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we kind of live our lives as if there isn't a thief who has a purpose. It doesn't mean that the thief's not going to come. It doesn't mean that the thief doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that God isn't good. It just means that no matter how good that God is, we got to be prepared that there is a thief that's out to steal everything that God has implanted in your life. I got time to be bitter. I ain't got time. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I ain't got time for that. Tell them, I ain't got time for that. But there's a shepherd, and there's no doubt that the thief has a purpose, and there's, there's going to be times in our life where we see the work of the thief evident in our life. But the Bible says that the good shepherd, hear me, hear me, came to give us life in all its fullness. Woo! Woo! He says, I, I came to give you life in all of its fullness. Do you feel like you've been shortchanged of, of life? You feel like you, life has shortchanged you? Let me tell you something. There is a good shepherd, and he says, hey, hey, listen, the thief has a purpose, but I came to what? I came to give you life in all its fullness. I didn't just come to give you life. I came to give you life and abundant. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. He says, I come to give you life in all of its fullness. In all of its fullness. And I love it because he doesn't say, here's what he says. He says, he says that's the purpose I came. <laughs> he says, that's my purpose. My purpose is to give you life in its fullest form. Someone shout, there's a good shepherd. I want you to write this down. Number one, see, here's what the Bible says. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, in another fold, and I must bring them also that they may heed my voice. I want to cross-reference this to Psalms chapter 23, and it says in Psalms chapter 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Look at this, look at this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name is sake. Write this down. The good shepherd leads. The good shepherd, write that down. You can put it on Facebook if you want. I'm back on. My social media fast is over. And so you could hashtag NYC. Shameless plug. Leads your life. The good shepherd leads your life. He, here's the beauty about sheep, that sheep tend to wander off. See, sheep have no sense of direction, and so they begin to wander 
off and, and what happens is, is they wander off and they get lost so they can never come back home to the shepherd because they have wandered off. But here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know oftentimes why we wander off? Because we want something. That was better than what you amen right there. You know, let's be honest. You know why we wander off sometimes? Let's be honest. Why we fall astray many times is because we want something. You know why? Because we feel like we lack something. I'm preaching here. Somebody better shout amen. amen. You can take notes, but you can be multi-versatile. He, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And so oftentimes we wander off because we feel like we lack something. But what we don't realize is, what I don't realize, I don't know about you, but uh, I can relate to the sheep, right? Because humans don't wander off, right? That's only for sheep, right? Humans don't do that. We don't wander off. We are right next to the shepherd, right? All the t No, we wander off all the time because we feel inside we lack something. And so why we wander off? Because we're looking to fulfill the thing that we lack in life, not realizing that if we follow the shepherd, we lack nothing. See, I want to I be the kind of Jesus follower that says, hey, if I'm with the shepherd, I lack nothing. Things may not look like they're adding up, but I'm following the shepherd. And let's, guess what? When you follow the shepherd, the pressure's off you. Have you tried to see one of your kids do something and you're trying to help them out? And they're like, no, let me do it. Anybody got kids? We got some Hispanics here, so you got like six of them here. So we are. Where's Raul? Um, I have four kids in my house. Hallelujah. I, I want to be an old grandfather with a bunch of kids in my. That's right. No chewing gum on the dinner table. That's right. Put it away. Throw that meat out. Anyway, um, we lack nothing in. So oftentimes we feel like we have to do the work. And Jesus is saying, hey, all you need to do is follow me. All you need to do is keep your eyes on me. All you need to do is focus on me. Because the question isn't, are you being led? The question is, who is it that is leading you? See, the question in life isn't, are you being led? Well, I don't like to be led. No, you're being led. You're being led. The question isn't, are you being led? Because everybody in this place is being led by something. <laughs> See, everyone in this house, let's be honest, if we were just have true confessions at this moment, we would, we would admit that each and every one of us are being led by something. But we have to decide within our hearts that, listen, there is a good shepherd in the house, and there is a shepherd that loves me, and there is a shepherd that cares for me, and he leads me beside uh, clear waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path so right. Listen, I'm done with allowing my emotions to lead me because they promised me something that they couldn't deliver on. I've, I'm tired of letting ambition uh, uh, lead me because when it led me, it told me it was going to promise me something, and guess what? It didn't deliver on its promise. I'm tired 
tired of letting anger lead me because when anger began to lead me, it started forming into something else and it was no longer anger leading me. It was now bitterness leading me. It was now unforgiveness leading me. Listen, I'm tired of letting lust lead my life because love said, lust promises, promises love, but then it leaves you empty. And it eats you from the inside out. I said there is a good shepherd. I said there's a good shepherd in this house. I'm tired of being led by the other voices that are pulling me through. One of the things that you will know about a shepherd is a shepherd had a voice. And the shepherd would begin to make this sound. Something like that. I can't do it. And when he would make that sound, the sheep that were his would corral around him and he would lead his sheep because they knew his voice. Man, I, I, I thank God because uh, it's a beautiful thing to know the voice of God. I know the voice of God, and sometimes we ask God, God, I don't know what, I don't know if this is me or if this is you. I want to be honest with you. The first place to start, can I, can I be honest? I just, this is a little side note here. The first place to start is in his word. Everything that God has said about himself is found in his word. You know one way you can recognize the voice of God is when you begin to hear his voice in his word. When you begin to read and your spirit begins to understand. And you might, not, you might say, I don't know what that means. But your spirit is hearing the voice of the shepherd. Come on, church. Your spirit is hearing the voice of the shepherd. And next thing you come to church and you used to, you used to look at people and wait, why'd they get so excited? Because they're hearing the voice of the shepherd. Oh my God, why are they clapping so much? Because they're hearing the voice of the shepherd. They recognize that the shepherd is calling. They recognize that the shepherd is speaking. They recognize the shepherd. I just, and I, and I, and I thank God that even when we wander off, God is still coming to get us. I remember, I don't know if there's any parents in this house that lost their child. I have never lost my child. But there was this one time that I left my son. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> I left my son with a young individual, handsome individual named Rumen Remedios, in the mall. And Emmanuel was eight years old. And I remember I go to, there was this place in the mall that was full of massages. You know, like, I don't know if you know, I forget the name of it, but I just sat on one of those massage chairs. And you know, it was like, for free? Because Lisa was in children's place. That was like next door. So I remember that massage place, I'm like, what do I got to do in children's place? Just buy my kids clothes. But Lisa's there for that. And so... I sat down in that massage chair, and I just had this kind of like, where's my son? Because I see my brother pass in front of me. Now, I'm getting, watch this, watch the visual. I'm getting the illest massage in the world that a chair can deliver, right? And I see the young man who I left my kid with without the kid I left him with. So I get up from my relaxation, 
all tense and anxious, and I'll say, hey, where's my son? And I don't know if you've seen Ruben confused, but he does one of these like, Sorry, bro. I'm coming for your clothes. Tell your clothes I'm coming. Tell your clothes I'm coming. And I remember he was like, and I'm pretty patient with Reuben as my younger brother, 11 years older than him. I'm pretty patient. But that day, he would have got Yuga fire. I would have turned all street fighter on him if he would have said something. And he was like, and I was like, bro, where's my son? Where's my son? And then I see my, my, my wife's kids, they come in, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I can't do anything to them, because then she'll kill me. But have you seen my son? Hey, hi, guys. Have you seen my son? No? Okay. And I'm looking for my son. Now, I'm in the mall. Catch this, catch this. I'm losing my mind. Now, I don't know about you. I've never lost my son, because I always keep my eyes on my kids, okay? And that day, I would have lost my son and a brother, okay? And I just remember, I, I just X'd them out. I just didn't hear a word that he said. And I just ran out the mall, and I went to my wife. I said, hey, did Bishop come here? And she was like, no, Bishop's not here. And then she's holding my daughter, Selah. And I'm like, so Bishop's not here. I was like, are you joking? Are you playing a trick on me? And she's like, no. And she saw my face. And so she started calling upon the name of the Lord. And so I look at people, and I'm looking at people, and everybody is, everybody is a suspect. <laughs> Everyone. Even the, the, the older lady with the bags, she's a suspect. Did you hide my son in your bag? And I lost my mind. I start walking through the corridors. I start walking through the corridors of the mall. The wing where, what is it, Macy's or JCPenney's? No, no, it was Macy's. It was in Macy's. How you know, girl? Um, she's like, I know the ball like the back of my hand. No, I'm just joking. And I remember, I walked through the mall, and I'm like, okay, this is it. The whole mall's getting shut down. And I said, Bishop! And I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. Women are grabbing their kids. Oh, come here, sweetie, come here. And they're scared and they're like, and I'm looking at people and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, help me find my son. His name is Bishop and he's wearing A and he's wearing B. I need you to help me find my son. All of a sudden, the whole mall is looking for Bishop and I'm looking for my son. But as we're looking for my son, I'm yelling for his name and I'm saying, Bishop! And I see Bishop, he's at a kiosk and Bishop hears the voice of his shepherd and he comes running to his shepherd because guess what? No matter what, the shepherd is willing to go where the sheep is lost because the sheep by himself cannot return to the shepherd. I thank God that when I wandered off, Jesus, the good shepherd, came to rescue me. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. Come on. I think we need to give a praise break in this house. Thank God if you were lost and you were found in this house. And one of the ways that he helps us not wander off is number two. Write this down. The good shepherd corrects. Woo, that's encouraging right there. What did pastor preach about? Correction. Hallelujah. See, the good shepherd corrects your character. He does. He corrects your character. And I think some, sometimes we associate correction with punishment. 
But it's not so much punishment, it's actually God trying to prevent you from committing worse offenses. See, the good shepherd, see, sheep, what would happen, sheep were so dumb and uh, they were defenseless, defenseless creatures. And what sheep would do is that if a sheep wandered off, if it got stuck in between two rocks, it did not have the intelligence to back up. And so the sheep would actually press in deeper into between the bushes or between the rocks instead of backing up when he sensed that he was getting stuck. He would actually go in deeper into the rocks and get stuck even more. Look at the person next to you, tell him you're sheep-like. And so what, the, what would happen is, just testing if it could hold my way. What would happen is, is that this sheep now gets stuck and the good shepherd would go out looking for him and oftentimes it would find him stuck between bushes or stuck with, within, uh, stuck, his, uh, his head is caught up in, in bushes or it's caught up. Now, now I, I thought about this because I don't think it's only sheep that get stuck. Have you ever been stuck? Do you know what I mean? That you kind of seem like instead of you backing off the thing that is going to hurt you, you actually sink yourself even deeper? Have you ever, maybe it's just me, uh, Sheila, maybe it's just me right here. Maybe I'm the only one that ever got stuck. But have you ever got stuck in a situation and it feels like your life is on repeat and some, the DJ keeps playing the same, 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 same old song in your life and you're saying, why do I keep going through this? Why do I feel stuck? Why do I feel like I feel like I'm experiencing the same thing over and over and over and over again? See, and we would get stuck because we wandered off the good shepherd. But the good shepherd, you know what he does? If a sheep wanders off too many times, what the good shepherd is, and, and you can look up histories about shepherd and shepherding, and especially in ancient times, in first century Israel. The good shepherd would take the lamb that keeps wandering off, and he would take its little leg. And the Bible says in Psalms chapter 23, it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wait, you mean the same thing that you use to correct me brings me comfort? See, because the rod was actually a tool that was used on one end. It was like this hook that would help save the sheep when it was wandering off. It was helpful to take the sheep out of certain caves that it would get itself into. But there was this other part of the rod uh, or, or the staff that was called the rod part. And that part would be used to discipline the sheep, but not to punish the sheep for his wrongdoing, but rather to prepare the sheep from wandering off as many times. So it wasn't like, I'm going to beat you because you went away. It, it, it's, it's, it's more as like, hey, I need to hit you with it so that you won't get lost and kill yourself. And what the, what, what the shepherd would do is he would take the rod, the other side of the staff, and he would break 
the little lamb's leg. And then he would mend the little lamb's leg together. And that little lamb would then be so dependent on the shepherd. And it's in that time that the little lamb would begin to learn the shepherd's voice. So much so that that little lamb would never walk away from the shepherd again. Not because the shepherd broke his leg, but because in breaking the, sh the sheep's leg, he learned the shepherd's voice and he learned that all he needed and all he ever wanted was actually found in the shepherd. See, have you ever seen this picture? Have you ever seen this picture of the... You ever seen that? You ever seen that? Have you seen that? Raise your hand. You've seen like the little Jesus. Yeah, beautiful, right? Like look how amazing that is. It's amazing. He just broke that lamb's leg. Yeah. And so what, what he would do is he would break the lamb's leg, he would bring it back, and he would then comfort that sheep. See, I want to be honest with you. I want to give you this. Write this down. Write this down. Write this, write this down. The more comfortable you are with your mistakes, the less you will find comfort in God's correction. Should I say, should I say that again, Lisa? The more comfortable you are with your mistakes, the less you will find comfort in God's correction. I have to be willing to get uncomfortable with my mistake and only then will I learn to be comforted by his correction. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17 says this. People who accept the discipline, discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. I love what Job said. He says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. Oh my God. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. How is it possible that from the same place that flows comfort also flows correction? That from the same place that, that, that flows wounds also flows healing? You know why? Because, listen, I'd rather be, have a little broken leg than end up with a broken life. See, give me a broken leg any day because the same thing happened to Jacob. And he, what, what happened to him? He began to walk with a limp. But he, he says this, listen, I know that limp is going to keep me by your side. I know that limp is going to remind me that I have a good shepherd in my life who is there to care for me, who is there to tend for me. Yes, I may feel wounded, but he binds up the injured and puts his hands also to heal. If you believe there's a good shepherd in this house, give God some praise. Number three. Number three. Whew. Write this down. The good shepherd protects from predators. The good shepherd protects from predators. You know what I've realized is is that sometimes the greatest predator we have is ourselves. See, he says, 
A hired man will run, and when he sees a wolf coming, he will leave the sheep, for they aren't his, and he isn't their shepherd. And so also the wolf leaps on them and scatters the flock. The hired man runs because he is hired, and he has no real concern for the sheep. Listen, there is a thief coming, and when the thief comes after you, the only one that the, the wolf is scared of is the real shepherd. See, David says in Psalms 23, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He says, listen, I'm going to feed you little, little sheep, and you're going to be around wolves, but they're not going to be able to touch you while I feed you, because not because they're scared of you, it's because they're scared of me. See, because God, the good shepherd, protects us from predators. And look what it continues, says, it says, my cup run, he goes, uh, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my, well, what does that mean? Well, sheep were defenseless, but they were also dirty. And it would be so filthy, hear me, that flies would land on their faces and sometimes they would stream up their nose. And what would happen is that they would have little eggs in the nose and their nar the, the, the larva would creep up north and it would actually affect, <laughs> I'm preaching to someone here today. The little larva would, would creep up and Hear me. The sheep would be so disturbed by the insects inside them that the sheep would begin to bang his head on a rock just to satisfy the itch. And it would hit itself so hard that it would render itself unconscious and sometimes even kill itself. And he says, you anoint my head with oil. Because when the oil was coming on the sheep, the flies weren't able to penetrate the nose. And I love the God that we serve because he doesn't just protect us from the wolf, the wolf on the outside. He protects you from the thoughts that are giving birth on the inside that are tormenting your mind. says, my, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Thank God that we have a good shepherd that protected me from me. We have a protector in the shepherd. And guess what? The enemy is after your life. The devil is after your life. The devil is after your marriage. It's after your relationship. He's after your finances. He's after your mind. But we have a protector. And if the devil could get you, could get inside your mind, he has already won. But the good shepherd says, I anoint your head with oil. He says, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's protection in God's house. There is healing in God's house. There is love 
in God's house. There is a good shepherd in God's house. He protects you. I think we need to think about the protection of God in our life at this moment. Think about the times you almost died. I just thank God that the devil, I thank God the devil didn't have his way because when I was, I was four years old, I was four years old and I swallowed a screw and I was rendered unconscious. And my father took anointed oil. We use anointed oil for everything back in the day. It was like the Pentecostal Vicks. And he took anointed oil and he drowned me with it. And unconscious, choked out. Seconds later, I cough up. My mother's right there as the witness because she saw it happen. And I cough out the screw out of my mouth because the thief was coming for my life. But there was a good shepherd. There was a good shepherd. In 2008, in 2008, I get into a horrific car accident. That was my fault because I made a left following someone else. And a car going about 60 to 70 miles an hour crushes me. Do we have that? I was borderline unconscious. My face was out to here. This is a couple of days later. Do we have the other one? My face was out to here. People pulled me out of the car and they said, you're lucky to be alive. And Bishop wasn't even born. He was, he, well, Bishop was born, but my daughter wasn't being born. She was, she was still in her mother's belly at that time. And the devil was trying to take me out before my daughter could ever hear my voice. But there was a good shepherd. I said there was a good shepherd that when the enemy tried to take me out, when I swallowed a screw, when he tried to take me out, when I made the wrong turn, there was a good shepherd that rescued me from me, if you believe that. I need somebody to get up on their feet in this. Get up on your feet if you believe that there's a good shepherd in the house. If you believe, if he's rescued you, if you believe that he's saved you, if you believe that he's pulled you out. Come on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.